here in the heart of the jungle, we find one of the most interesting creatures of its kind. Amazon PPC Advertising. Buried deep amongst the undergrowth with its campaigns and targeting, lay hazards like keywords without conversions, unprofitable ad spend, and a mountain of ever-evolving complexity. But if you look beyond the obstacles of life here, there is hope and opportunity. We will journey to every corner of Amazon ads to explore and share the greatest treasures the jungle has to offer. This is the Amazon PPC Den podcast. What's going on, Badger Nation? Welcome to the world's first and longest-running podcast and the source for all the tips, tricks, and optimization strategies you need to get the most out of your Amazon ads. You can find all our episodes, show notes, and more at adbadger.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Steven, you are joining us again for episode two of four of the Avar Amazon SEO linking it to PPC series, uh, and it is a pleasure to have you back on the show. I think last week's episode was a total slapper, uh, so I'm super pleased to have you back here to uh, have you share all of your expertise that you have all about Amazon SEO that you share. I think you told me that you have 160 clients. We do, and thank you for having me back on at Badger Nation. Um, Michael, you got great content, so I'm excited to be part of this. Um, since our last time we spoke, I shaved my head because I'm I'm going to get serious on today's pod. We're going deeper, uh, deeper into phase two, man. Oh yeah. So yeah, when I, when I was a kid, um, I said if I ever go bald, I'm gonna I'm gonna shave the head, cue ball it, and grow out the goatee. So that's this is me living a childhood uh, bucket list check item. What is that? That's so fascinating because I also am living some kind of childhood. It's like, oh, yeah, like beards are cool, right? Your beard is pretty freaking gnarly, dude. It's awesome. Uh, I was telling my, so my wife hates it. And uh, <laughs> so it won't be staying long. Uh, no, no, no shave November has gone on too long, Michael. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, I saw this meme a while ago and it was this really jacked dude. Uh, he's And it's like what you think life will be like when you get really jacked. And the guy's like surrounded by women near the pool. And it's like what life is actually like. And it's just like a bunch of bros being like, oh, nice biceps, dude. And that's exactly the experience of what it's like to have a beard. It's like it's kind of nasty. <laughs> it's hard to maintain. Uh, not, not sure if you said nasty or nesty. You got birds nesting in there or what? I, I actually can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> I, I actually think it's really funny because at the start of uh, the pandemic, I just started growing everything out. And my beard got really long. And then in the summer, I was like, well, let me shave it all off. And then now it's back. So depending on what episode you watch in what order, you may be very confused if you're watching this uh, on YouTube or on social media. Because well, whenever they you know do the Viking series on Netflix, right? Like they had to change the hairdo so you kind of like knew which season was I in. <laughs> So that's exactly what you're doing, Michael. And maybe, maybe I'm falling suit here. Yes. Uh, that's how you know you're watching in order. It's just the hair progression. Yes, that's absolutely right. Or absence of it in my case. Yes. You know, Stephen, um, something I want to share with the listeners that they may not know. 
Are you ready for this one? This is a big one. I don't I don't know if they don't if they know this. <clears throat> but I do not know everything. Are you sure? Are you sure you don't know everything? <laughs> I don't know everything, which is why I, I'm, I legitimately, positively, am really excited to have you be our guest co-host for these four episodes on this series uh, about strong SEO foundations. And for anyone who missed last week's, I highly recommend it. Uh, so go back and listen to our previous episode. But basically, what we're doing in a series of four episodes is we're talking about you know phase one SEO. Uh, starting best practices, you know, everything that you need to do to get a strong foundation. That's last week's episode. Go check it out. Today, we're going to be, go ahead. Yeah, I was just kind of uh, joining your coattail there for a second. So it's all about indexing keywords in phase one. Yes. And then today, we're going to be talking about phase two, which is sort of Amazon SEO mid game. Uh, and next week will be phase three. And then the week after that will be the fusion of all of these uh, SEO uh, foundations and strategies that we have, bridging the gap to sort of PPC and talking about what ongoing conversations. So if you have somebody doing your SEO and somebody doing your PPC who are different people, or maybe it's just you, or maybe it's the same person, whatever it might be, there's some kind of ongoing activities that need to happen. And we're going to talk about that in episode four. Um, so I'm so excited to use this as a reference as people come to us and they ask about SEO. It's like, boom, we've got some great episodes uh, from Steven from My Amazon Guy. Uh, and Steven, you produce loads of great content too, which I want to mention for our listeners as well. So if, dear listener, if you've enjoyed uh, Steven's insight, I highly recommend you go check him out at My Amazon Guy. Just search it, Steven, My Amazon Guy. Uh, you will find a wealth of information. We have them linked in the show notes here too. Um, so much, so uh, generous with your content, and I love the way that you think about it. Uh, I think you are a natural educator too, so it's awesome to have you on the show uh, and be hanging out for these episodes. Yeah, we got more than 500 videos out. You can find us youtube.com slash my Amazon guy. You can subscribe to our stuff, and um, right back at you, Michael. I actually, you know, for the, for the listeners who don't know, uh, Michael puts out some of the best, most authentic, in depth PPC content out there, preaching to the choir, probably. But I, I tracked Michael down and I was like, dude, what you got is something special. I'm going to be part of that. So mm -hmm. I tracked Michael down over the summer and now here we are. So glad to, yes. be, glad to be here. And then you saw what the podcast production process is as you're like, oh man, you're like, oh man, when is this Artistic over? <laughs> and in-depth beast yeah. mode. So. We yes. We spent a lot of time on these, on these episodes, crafting them good. I think it's so important. You know, Amazon advertising is so complicated, so technical. Amazon, just the world of Amazon is so complicated. Uh, I really try to, I mean... People know this if they're listening. We try to put a lot of uh, effort into sort of crafting it in a way that's super easy to understand. So let's, with that all being said, let's jump in to Amazon SEO mid-game as we transition into it. Okay, Stephen, take it away. So what do you what do you define, and what comes to you, like what is the overarching purpose as we move from the starting best practices as we get into mid-game? What is the overall goal? Uh, that we're looking for? Incremental indexing is the goal of phase two or the mid game, right? So, and by the way, I'm a chess player, so we might use some chess analogies today. So when we talk mid game, it's all about tactics, right? Okay. So in phase one, it's all about positioning, trying to open up your pieces in the right spot. You want to get an index for as many keywords as you can. Well, phase, phase two, mid game, it's all about tactics and trying to um, you know, try and trade your bishop for a rook if you can on the chessboard. Mm. Um, so let's say in phase one, you launched your product and you're indexing for a thousand keywords. Well, phase two is about 
removing some of the redundancies from your backend search terms. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the, what the pink word update is, as I like to call it. And, and it's focused on trying to leverage some incremental games, but still with a heavy focus on indexing. Mm-hmm. And in next week's episode, when we talk about phase three, which is the strike zone update, that's when uh, it's the end game. And, and, and a lot of times, if we can continue the chess metaphor analogy, it's about winning by a pawn, right? And trying to promote that pawn into a queen. And so the way you promote your pawn into a queen when it comes to SEO is to take keywords that you're in position 20 through 50 on and try and push them up in the slots one through 20. And you will throw out all of phase one and two theory in favor of phase three theory um, so that you can hyper-focus everything in. So, so today is all about incremental indexing. Mm-hmm. So last week we just talked about uh, almost like the general principles of indexing, you know, getting indexed for the right searches. Uh, and then this week, incremental indexing. Um, so I love this whole concept. So, and for those that maybe uh, are short on time, could you summarize uh, briefly what we talked about last week, like some of the starting best practices about indexing? Because that'll sort of help us better understand this incremental indexing. So in phase one, short level of summary, Build out your title and your backend search keywords with maximum amount of, of search terms to index for thousands of keywords. You do reverse ASIN lookups to see what your competitors are, are ranking for. You leverage all of those keywords. And I talked a little bit about one of the tools that I use, um, but there are many tools you can use. Um, but I Frankenstein the keywords together to make 249 characters of text that will have everything you possibly could to index for as many words as possible. So it's kind of like a word cloud uh, phase one. And and, and in phase two, we're not just looking at the cloud, we're looking at what's not in the cloud versus what's in the cloud. um, And we're trying to leverage some additional incremental gains. Very cool. So say that last part again about as we transition into phase two. So so if, if you think about it, like, if you were to data dump every word in um, the search terms into a word cloud, phase one is about looking at all the words that show up repeatedly, right? So it's mm-hmm. a lot of leverage across the word cloud. And phase two is like, okay, so if 80% of this was covered in phase one, what's the 20% that was missed? And I need to, I need to update that direction, right? So if we're going to talk about wine glasses, for example, if I currently, um, and by the way, I actually have the number one rank on wine glass right now. I don't know if that will be the true uh, a week from now, but you never know. It rotates. Um, so if I've got the number one term for wine glass on my social distancing wine glass for Monster, well, cool. Do I have the number one position on stemless wine glass? No. So I'm going to reposition all of my content over to stemless wine glass, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's where um, there's some opportunities to do so. If I were you... When I go anywhere to a party or something and someone's drinking wine, I would not be able to hold it in <laughs> that I have the number one selling wine glass on Amazon. I feel like I'd be handing these things out. Um, that's so cool. Uh, I know you mentioned it last week. The way I clarify that is I have the number one funny wine glass on okay. Amazon, but, but I do have the number one organic rank for wine glass. That, that is true. I love it. Uh, whether it's true. 24 seven, that's another question, but it was this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, <laughs> rankings fluctuate, which is a great lesson, right? Mm-hmm. So like, um, let's say, let's say you're, you're the SEO expert in the company and your boss is like, why aren't we ranking on page one? Like, what's going on? What can I do? Like, this is the episode for you, right? Like, we'll talk about like what you can do to, to, to rectify that. 
Um, but if but if the 249 characters in the back end of your search terms aren't maximized, they, you know, removal of commas, no re repetition words, you got to start there. Mm -hmm. um, that's all phase one. But in phase two, when we're trying to gain that incremental indexing, you're going to need to look at what's called the pink word update. So let's get into this, it. This is my phraseology. It's not a technical term. Um, but basically, if you go into Seller Central right now and you go to the brand dashboard, this does require brand registry, which mm -hmm. every seller should have brand registry. If you don't have brand registry, go get a trademark immediately. They just changed that program so you can now get a pending trademark in under seven days and file for brand registry. We do file trademarks at my Amazon guy very quickly. Um, so get that brand registry in place. So if you don't have that and, and in the dashboard, you can go into the search term section and analyze what Amazon claims is fluff or non-value added phrases. And Amazon defines this as words that are currently in your title and your bullet points do not need to be in your search term field. Now, we ignore this in phase one. In phase one, it's all about maximizing indexing. And we have found through data that if you uh, do it in this order of operations, you will index for the most keywords. So phase one, just just reverse ASIN search, chock full the best keywords, you know, whatnot. But phase two, you should follow um, the pink word update. And that is remove any characters from the search term field that are in your title and your bullets. So the word wine glass is not in my search term field. And that throws a lot of people off because, you know, that's the most important word for me and I'm ranked organic one for it, but it's not in my search term field. And so that throws people off, mm -hmm. right? Well, it's in my title. So the title trumps the SEO search term field. And a lot of people don't know that. So if you do it in this order though, where you initially put it in and then later pull it out, it allows you to rotate your search term field. And by rotating that, what I basically mean is delete anything that's pink in the brand dashboard from your search term field and replace it with new words. The best words that typically make it in during the pink word update are misspellings. So how many typos can be made for your product? There's quite a few of them if you don't know. Usually way more than you anticipate, right? Like there's probably four or five misspellings of your best phrase or keyword that are, um, and there's no better place to put it than the search term field because you wouldn't put a misspelling into your title. You wouldn't put a misspelling into your bullet points and you definitely wouldn't put it in your A plus content, mm -hmm. at least not front facing copy. You could, however, and we'll talk later about where to put search terms into your alt text of your A plus content. We'll talk more about that today. Um, so so that's, the, that's the biggest trend um, that you need to be aware of is that there is new Amazon tools from Amazon that are free in your, in your back end of your analytics tool in Seller Central that they provide now. And, and if you had talked to me about SEO and Amazon five years ago, six years ago, um, I wouldn't have really been following the no comma practice, right? Mm -hmm. Because in Google methodology, we would, we would do keyword comma, keyword comma, mm -hmm. keyword comma, like tags. And that's not how you do it on, on Amazon. So Amazon's algorithm is different. They've had updates from A9 to A10. You can Google A9 update, A10 update, and get an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, but basically, it's, it's their way to update the algorithm for what affects SEO and indexing rankings. So with that in mind, you do have to pay attention to what Amazon says. Now, I do from time to time call Amazon out and say, hey, uh, here's your public statement. Well, and here's reality. Mm -hmm. fib sometimes, not necessarily knowingly. Um, and so you have to take that with a grain of salt. But in this case, in this phase, you're going to take Amazon literally word for word and say, cool, 
I, if it's in the pink words, I'm going to remove it and I'm going to replace it with different words so that I can incrementally increase my indexing. Mm -hmm. So just to recap what you just described, <clears throat> we had the backend keywords. We put a lot of, we put our word cloud in there to try to spread as much indexation magic we could. Then, you know, what period of time before we start this next process? 30 days minimum. Um, it, it just depends. Mm -hmm. So like if you did phase one and you're indexing for less than 300 words, I would not move past that yet. You probably didn't do phase one correctly if you're indexing for only th th 300 keywords after 30 days. If you add a thousand um, index words and it's day 30 or higher, then you're good to go to move into phase two. Mm -hmm. uh, and what are th what are three different ways or three different tools that people could use to discover the amount of terms that they're indexing for? So Helium 10 is my favorite. Um, Jungle Scout is the oldest. And I'm also now checking out AMZ Scout. Um, cool. So those are the three tools you could use. Um, not all three of them allow you to track keywords as well. So like if you want to know like on a Tuesday at two o'clock, what am I ranking for the term wine glass? And then by four o'clock, I've lost slot one. Those kinds of tools have that kind of granular data, um, which cool. is really powerful to think about. Like I used to pay, you know, multiple thousands of dollars for this kind of software in the Google SEO days. Like Conductor Searchlight was my tool of choice when I was a decade ago working as an acquisition manager in the marketing corporate world. Um, from everything from higher education to women's plus size clothing and kitchen equipment, right? So like I've been doing SEO work on, on websites for a very lengthy time. And Google sends through all these updates, Penguin this, Peng, you know, Zoo Animal that, right? Hummingbird, mobile, whatever. And, and so we've seen the change in the algorithm repeatedly. The data that's available on Amazon consistently dwarfs what was available for SEO when it comes to Google over the last decade. So we're seeing a, a hyper-specific inflation of amounts of data and analytics. There are so many tools out there that you can use mm -hmm. uh, to gather this intel. And if you're not gathering this intel, you are going to be blown away by the competition. It is critical that you're engaging in tools to track your information. Got it. So um, we have an indexation uh, range that we want to be hitting, which is around 1,000. Then we go to... Uh, what's the dashboard again? So, so the, the brand analytics dashboard that's within Seller Central is where you can find um, a lot of data about your brand. And, and by the way, there's just some cool stuff in there. So yeah. I'll just chime in a little bit. So like you can see your product reviews. You can actually respond to product reviews in there, although they're taking away the comment feature. Um, and you can see like conversion rates and demographics. Like, and, and by the way, whenever I talk about demographics, I always like to talk about this metaphor, right? So like if I was going to be selling a Russian mail order bride, to you as a consumer today, I would probably look for three-time divorced truck drivers because those guys are the target demographic, right? Now, when when I usually ask this question of people like, what's your target demographic? They usually say, oh, you know, you know anybody with teeth <laughs> or uh, females between age 20 and 50. That's not a target demographic, guys. That is a demographic, but it's not a target demographic. Your target demographic is so hyper-specific that you could describe this person to a T. You know what's on their coffee table. You know what they eat and, and, and you know where they sleep. You know everything about them. That's a target demographic. When it comes to keyword research, we're not really focused on target demographics. But the reason I bring it up is because it's part of your brand dashboard and you should check it mm -hmm. out because there's just a lot of free information in there. You, you'll, you'll learn a lot about your customers and insights within yeah. the brand analytics. Yeah, we did a multi-part episode on brand analytics and its utility for 
advertising on Amazon. Um, and in terms of, so we want to be looking for these pink words. And what we're going to be doing is basically rotating out some of these search terms and replacing them with uh, additional terms. Uh, do I understand that correctly? Where do those additional terms come from? So, so if you used a tool like Helium 10's Frankenstein to combine a bunch of, of, of keyword data and you click a button and basically can see, okay, here's a pile of data, right? It's complex to go through lots of data, right? Well, in phase one, you only had 249 characters to work with. So you had to chop 80% of what you looked at in the data. Well, now you're looking at the second and that third layer right underneath where you had to chop previously. And now you're going to say, cool, what can be upgraded to make the cut now? Mm -hmm. So there are the and my favorite choice is misspellings. Right. So we right. covered that. Um, Spanish is another area you can look at. Right. So like there, there's going to be some indexed words that have high volume that are not on your radar in phase one that should be on your radar in phase two. Mm -hmm. um, lookalikes, if you will. So search terms that maybe you don't even index for at all at this stage. So if you sell a product that would be purchased by a target demographic from another category and they, they use different words that also would lead to sales and acquisition for you, mind you, you need to be able to convert on these search terms. Otherwise, this is a new exercise, at least for a long-term standpoint. But it's incremental, right? Like if you index for lots and lots of words, you will eventually create sales because, you know, if, if you think about it this way, indexing is the first step. But once you index, you want to be able to get traffic. Once you have traffic, then you need to convert that traffic. So if you think about it that way, that's why it's important to index for as many keywords as possible. And so um, I probably need to define what do I mean by indexing as well, just to keep it basic. But basically, if you go to Amazon.com and type in any search term ever, so you could type in Apple Slicer, right? If I come up in the first 300 results for Apple Slicer, that's considered being indexed for that word. And that's one word. So mm -hmm. index for at least a thousand words going into phase two, because you want to start indexing for 1500 keywords. But if you don't change your search term field, you're not going to go from 1000 to 1500. That's why you got to make the change. And I, I have a question for you. Uh, I will work with and see PPC campaigns of very specific products. Uh, maybe it's a screw and it's a particular screw head and a particular screw metal and size. Um, is there any reality? Is there, are there any situations where maybe that, uh, you know, thousand indexation range might not apply uh, to like a hyper specific product or even other situations where a thousand indexed keywords is actually too small. Um, but so, yes. so tell, tell me a little bit more about that range uh, and the specificity. So the more technical your product, the less keywords there are to index for. But um, I got a client that sells grommets, right? Like doesn't get any more technical than that. It's kind of a B2B product, mm -hmm. but even they index for thousands of keywords, right? Like it's entirely possible because if you think about it, there's just so many different ways you can index, right? So like in the wine glass business, there's a thousand words to say gift present for him, for her and mm -hmm. whatnot, right? And that's why there's so many different keywords. In, in the grommet world, you might be talking press, machine, grommet, duty, heavy, hand, punch, leather, right? Like those are, those are things that could be coming out, but there's also still um, hundreds of interactions and combinations of words that people use when they look for it. They don't just look for one thing. They don't just type in grommet, right? Mm -hmm. 
they type in lots and lots of iterations. Yeah, speaking of Gromit, I always think about that one silly cartoon with the old guy in, and, uh, and the dog, and they go to the moon, right? You ever wondered why they call him Gromit? It's because he's an engineer. So There you go. That, that's a British, is that British claymation? Yeah, yeah. Classic. Okay. I wish they'd make more of them. Yes. Okay. So in this... And, fi- and, and there was another part to your question on, on the other extreme, right? Oh, yeah, so the like, other extreme. Technology. Technology has the most in-depth um, thousands of keyword iterations I've ever seen before. It's, it's harder to do keyword work in technology. So um, an average home and goods product might tap out at around three or 4,000 keywords, but an average technology product is tapping out at 10,000, 12,000, even upwards of 20,000 in some instances. Mm-hmm. And in this phase, uh, I know you mentioned the area in Amazon uh, where to sort of swap some out and put some new ones in. Is this also where people could potentially start looking um, at their search term reports from PPC in order to you just have the gears sort of turning a little bit as well? Maybe they're getting inspired by some of the things that they're seeing over there as well? Yeah, there's there's definitely some, um, some ammunition to gain from looking at the PPC reports. Um, since the A9 search algorithm update, PPC's impact on SEO has been lessened, but it still exists, right? So like, um, and we'll probably talk more about this in our fourth part of the episode, but it absolutely makes sense to be spending heavy PPC on your top three organic keywords just to hold them, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people might ask like, why would I wanna be spending money on PPC at two bucks Many people ask this, yes. When I'm already in SEO slot one. Well, the answer is, so your competition doesn't still slot one for me, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and it's really, really important. Also keep in mind, um, there are some search terms where the SEO organic listings don't even show up above the fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the first time you look at the page, you might be looking at a headline ad followed by four sponsored products. And it wouldn't surprise me if we see video ads show up above the organic slot one mm-hmm. soon. Doesn't currently, but it might. Yeah. Uh, and, and who knows? Maybe they'll throw a display ad in there. They yeah. don't but you never know. Right. So like, there's a lot of changes that could happen. Um, so that's why that's why we we typically recommend it. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of data in Intel um, and, and the SEO guy and the PPC guy need to be talking to each other. And if you're a PPC guy that doesn't understand SEO, you need to do some research and homework or talk to the SEO guy that does mm-hmm. expert counsel or whatever. Exactly. So is there anything else to say about pink word updates before we move on to our second topic? You know, I think that's good. I mean, it's all about rotating copy and keywords. So um, when in doubt, just rotate your keywords. Cool. Let's jump into another topic, which is parentages, uh, which I know this is this has evolved a lot. And I know I've heard of a lot of people having trouble with this. So, you know, why is this area so important to talk about in a phase two of SEO? Parentage theory is shifting right now, and that's because Amazon's compliance and policies are shifting. And so uh, a parent that you might have built five years ago, this is a real world example for one of my clients, um, and they built it five years ago, is now being broken by Amazon because of compliance issues, right? You built it as a color variation. Well, actually, it's a style name variation. So Amazon's just going to simply delete it, send you this giant warning notification that shows up on your account health for six months, by the way, scaring the crap out of you, which is a typical Amazon scare tactic. I have yet to be personally involved in on an account that has been suspended for variation manipulation, but I have heard and seen them. So it's coming, right? So 
right now we're in the phase of Amazon getting all tough and they're blowing, you know, uh, what's that weird fish that blows up to look scary? What's that called? I'm going to say puffer fish. Puffer fish. You nailed it. All right. So Amazon's a puffer fish by all, all definitions. But at some point that puffer fish explodes or surfaces, right? And we are on the precipice of this happening in parentage. So at some point in the next 60 days, I would not be surprised to hear a chain of accounts get suspended for parentage manipulation. Really? So what's happening right now is people are rebuilding their parentages. Amazon's rebreaking them usually within seven days. If that happens to you, I would not rebuild it a third time. I would leave it alone. I would, I would, so let's say you have 16 variations in your parentage today. Could you rebuild it with eight and eight? Could you rebuild it with four, 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 right? Like look for a way to change how you're doing parentage. The safest parentage to build right now is color. And, and then after that is quantity. Size and style names are the ones I'm seeing broken more often than not. So how does this relate to SEO? Well, a parent should not be broken without great care and, and, and scientific review because a, a parent skew, it, it combines all of the keywords that are ranked for the children. And if you have any product within your parent, we'll share the keyword ranking for any specific term. So when you go into the algorithm and type, you know, or the search engine rather, and you type in your, your particular keyword, if, if you're selling um, slings and you've got one in red and one in black, all of your black and red slings will be ranking for the sling term of choice at the same time in one search result. So the benefit of having parentage is because you can have all ships rise together. The disadvantage is that if you have two really powerful products, they are not going to be shown twice in search results. So sometimes it makes sense to break up your parentage to have your big winners go out and upgrade from child to parent, so to speak. Although that's not really a technical explanation. It's more of a proverbial one. Um, so uh, whenever I talk about parentage, the parent skew is a made up skew number or product that doesn't exist. It is, it's assigned its own ASIN to connect the children together. There's no such thing as an older brother or older sister, so, so to speak. I hear that kind of conversed uh, frequently. Uh, when you do parentage work, you have to do template work. So if you try and edit parentage manually through Seller Central, you are asking to be beaten down by Amazon. And, and what, I, what I mean by that is data catalog problems. For example, I have um, some wine glasses that are because students, because patients, right? Really silly uh, wine glass thing. I, I'm coming out with a new one called virtual teaching because virtual teaching. Well, I made the mistake of going into the edit button on my parent SKU, and I and I added in the variation for for um, for virtual teaching, and it locked my title and my bullets. I literally couldn't change them. So I go into Amazon and I cr I create a uh, what I tried to do is create a ticket through the change detail product change, um, and when it does is it says, oh, you can change that on your seller contribution. So we got the chicken or egg problem here, which is a typical brand registry slash catalog problem we face within Amazon ecosystem like all the time, right? Super frustrating. You can't make a change and, and in one place it says to change it in the other place. And then in the other place you make the change and it doesn't take effect, common. So long story short, you could call Amazon, they can't even make the change. 
You could do a partial update in your template, which by the way, if it, you know, for those that don't know, the most important thing you do whenever you do a template upload is don't do a full update unless you have to. Um, in addition to that, before you do any template work, I also recommend you do what's called a category export report. This is a special report that, that most people don't know about. You can file a ticket to request access to the category um, export report, and it will give you all of your data, including your title, your bullets, your description, your keywords. This report's not available without, without requesting it. The silly thing is, is when you request it, it's only available for seven days. So, so just to kind of finish and wrap up that narrative, basically, um, I had to delete my product and do a full template upload to change my title and bullet points. So whenever you're doing uh, uh, work on parentages, always do it in templates. And don't edit your parents, don't delete your parents without very careful review because that parent ASIN could be ranking in Google. If you haven't looked at your Google rankings for your parentage, be very careful. Now, if your parentage has low sales velocities, all bets are off, edit it however you see fit. And if you have two products that are doing really well, let's say each product produces 50,000 a month in sales, I probably would break those out. Uh, but, uh, but, but lo and behold, uh, parentage for the most part is favorable when in doubt parent things together because all ships rise together, all the keyword rankings are shared. The moment you break those childs out though, they go on their own and their own rankings will show up. So if you want to show up multiple times in search results, you do want to break those out of the parentage. So that was an awesome amount of info. And I just want to break this down uh, so that we can uh, digest this all. So in terms of the strategy that people should be taking with parentage compared to maybe some of the biggest issues that you see. Can you uh, just briefly summarize like what the biggest issue with parentages is? It, it, it's the data management, right? So like it's hard to build them. It requires template uploads and um, the keyword rankings for the parentages are widely misunderstood, mm -hmm. right? So if if you want to show up multiple times in search results, don't parent your stuff together. Mm -hmm. If you want your conversion rate to go up and you want your average order value to go up, parenting generally is valuable. And can I pause there? So basically what you just said, uh, parenting, you would show up your best product first. Like that's where your average order value would go up. That's where you'd be showing just that one key all-star product uh, compared to if you break them out, you could get multiple inside the rankings. However, you know, not all your products are going to be converting at the same rate. Correct. So, so it's a question of how you want to manage your traffic. Do you want more of the market share or do you want more of your converting share? I don't know if that's a good way to explain it or not, but... Mm -hmm. Now that makes sense. Uh, you know, do you want your average conversion rate to go up or do you want your potential uh, traffic to go up? Um, what would you say is the, you know, generally preferred strategy? You know, is it sort of hit or miss depending on the particular market and the industry and the types of products that we're looking at uh, where one, a lot of parenting versus a lot of broken out does better or worse than the other? So I don't think that there's an industry question on this. However, most beauty categories are very hostile to parentage right now. Supplements as well. Um, anything medical, very, very hostile to parentage. But even in you know um, areas like decanters, 
right? If you have a different shape for your decanter, they're breaking those parentages all day long. Like you can't even combine those anymore. And the reason people historically wanted to combine parentage items is because the reviews historically would have combined. Mm -hmm. And that's increasingly not the case anymore. Like it's actually more normal to not have reviews combined than to combine them. And if you don't have yours combined today, there is literally nothing you can do to get them to combine. Amazon used like a year ago, you could take it and say, hey, my reviews aren't combining, please combine them. And they would do it. Nowadays, they respond to you and say, and they give you a copy and paste with the, you know, puffer fish in there saying, oh, and don't manipulate this. Otherwise, you'll get in trouble. Um, and by the way, here's a quick side note. Um, it's alphabetical on your parentage. They will show your, your variations alphabetically. You can game the system by trying to put in a space or the letter A or numerical before your variations. But Amazon hates that. But, uh, you know, if you really wanted that all star to show up in the search result, um, let's say you got an item that's in the top 100 of your niche or category. Well, if you've got 10 variations and, you know, black is the first, you know, color in, in, in the alphabet and you want instead of black, you want uh, um, you want blue to show up or you want yellow. Well, then you're going to have to find a way to massage into, you know, one, two, three um, into the variation color name, which Amazon would call a violation. So, so that's just a good good side note to be aware of that the order of parentage can affect your search results as well. Boom. Now let's move on to the third and final part of this phase two, which is taking a look at A plus content. Uh, I think we are all familiar with what A plus content is, um, but I'm, you know, I think what's a more interesting question is, you know, when you're looking at someone who is struggling with their SEO and you go and you take a look at their A plus content, what is the most common issue that you see with their A plus content? The backend search terms of the alt text, that's the technical term for keywords behind a photo, mm -hmm. is blank or set by a designer like photo one or right. header photo instead of writing it out for actual search term definitions. The reason why I know that Amazon indexes A plus content is because I've put Spanish behind one photo on a listing, didn't put Spanish anywhere else. And guess what? It mm -hmm. indexed for Spanish immediately within 24 hours. So, so this is an area of opportunity. It, it, like in the past, you had to re-upload the photo to set the alt text and they made it easier to just manually set it. So like you don't need to be a designer to go back through your A plus content and go in and update it. So this might actually be the best, easiest five minute task for, for, for the yeah. uh, nation today is go into your A plus content and click edit on any photo and look at the alt text. If it's not 100 characters long on every single photo, you just found a great opportunity to go, to go add additional keywords into your listings to help your indexing and matriculation uh, of those keywords to higher up in the SERPs. Well, that's a pretty sweet takeaway. And to, to move from maybe the biggest issue and a quick win, um, can you give me some common characteristics for a product that is doing phenomenally well in SEO, you know, what are the common characteristics that you see about th that product's A plus content? Lots of copy. In some categories like supplements, people have done zero copy with big images. And they do that because they want to avoid yanks, listing yank issues that require reinstatements. However, that hurts the SEO significantly. Now, on the flip side, your conversion rate's higher, but it's significantly easier to double your traffic rate than it is to double your conversion rate like significantly easier. So without a doubt in my mind, SEO should trump conversion all day long. Like 
No doubt about it. Like data proven, easy, easy fight to win. However, in some organizations, you will not be able to win that conversation. You will not be able to look the design team in the face and say, that's a great, pretty design, but I want you to put in 100, 300, 500, maybe a thousand words of ugly keyword stuff copy into this A plus content. They will fight you. They will fight you with tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you, that's exactly the thing you should be doing. You should be chock full of copy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the right thing to do. Now, they might come back and say, oh, we'll, we'll A-B test that. You run your A-B test and their designs are going to win on the conversion. And because of the way it works, they'll have the higher revenue on the A-B test. But I'm telling you, if you index for more keywords, the health of your listing will be far superior if you have more keywords indexed than trying to chase that extra 1% conversion rate. So in terms of uh, approaching that, you know, what are the factors that we want to look for to determine that, hey, we, we went in, we wrote additional copy in our A-plus content, and now blank happened? Like, what is that thing that we're looking for when we do that? So I'm not sure I understand that completely. But like, if if you're asking for like, how do we make it jump up in rankings or... Or like what happens when we get like a listing yank and how do we recover it? Give me some context. Yeah. So in that conversation where, you know, someone's tr- adding a lot of photos compared to uh, the argument for writing additional copy, um, what are the quantitative things that we'll ultimately be looking for to, to demonstrate that the additional copy was Got a it. bigger boost to our business? Indexing. So, so we're, we're still in phase two of indexing for incremental gains, right? So yeah. if, if you currently have zero words of copy, 100 words of copy, and you're going to go to change it to 500 to 1,000 words of copy, take a snapshot of how many words you currently index for using any of the tools we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. Let's say that that number is at 1,000. Within two to four weeks of you going live with the new copy, I guarantee you, you're going to be at 1,500 keywords indexed possibly higher, maybe even 2000 mm-hmm. that quick. Right. And if that happens, that's all the proof you need that having copy helps with indexing. Boom. Now at a later point, let's say you got a very mature listing, right? And we're kind of sneaking into phase three a little preemptively, but if you have, you know, 500 words, you're in slots one through five on, by all means, start removing copy and focus on conversion. Mm-hmm. But until that day, you should be maximizing your indexing at all costs to cool. everything else. And I think that's a really nice way to summarize uh, our previous episode and this one. It's really, it seems to be about maximization of the amount of searches that we are indexed for. Uh, so everything from the configuration of the back end of the product, uh, as well as all of the sort of the rotational back end keywords that we talked about, uh, how to configure the products in a way that it's maximizing our traffic and ranking uh, and revenue, ideally, as well as approaching the A plus content in a way that it's maximizing our indexation reach as well. Um, so I really like the way that we've structured phase one and phase two, because you can really wrap your head around it. It almost, I mean, to, to summarize it in super simple terms, we're just trying to have good descriptive words, uh, at as many places as we possibly can. And, and although it can feel like keyword stuffing at times, there's a way to massage it in. Yeah. Having an exact match does make a difference. 
obviously you wouldn't put the thousand repetition words of the same phrase over and over. That wouldn't help you. It's not mm. relevant. Amazon's updated the algorithm to make it so that your keywords must be relevant. Of course. But at the end of the day, if you index for lots of keywords, that will lead to traffic. If you get traffic, you're going to get some sales. And that's what we're all in the business of doing is getting sales on Amazon. That's our mm -hmm. job. Yeah. So we've done it. So we've covered in this episode, pink word updates. We've talked about parentages uh, as well as A plus content. Uh, Stephen, I think we've given people some plenty of new mental models about how to think about their SEO, both this episode and the previous one. And I think we've given them some good work on what to do before next week's episode. Uh, we've got we've got some clear things to go and update uh, inside their accounts. Uh, so many good so many good things to do. So run phase two until you have at least fifty keywords in the top fifty results. Boom, that's it right there. Should we end it there? I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, nice so, yes. yes, Stephen, uh, thank you so much again for coming on to the show and co-hosting with me. Uh, this was an area that uh, these are things that like I knew, uh, I, I've heard of. Uh, me being a PPC guy, I spend 99% of my time in that campaign manager, uh, optimizing, thinking about campaign structure and all those good things. Uh, so it's so nice and I'm sure our listeners really appreciate, um, you know, getting this view on this show. Uh, I'm, cause I, I'm stoked. I definitely learned a few things there. Uh, specifically, I just had a conversation with someone that got slammed with parentages, uh, and their reviews, uh, that they, you know, once had combined are, are now no longer, and they're really suffering for it. Um, so hopefully episodes like this can help people avoid situations like that and improve upon them. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah. See you guys next week.